your voice, fill this place. We want to see your kingdom here. One time, all together, church. Oh, we want to see your kingdom here. We want to see your kingdom here, God. We want to see heaven crash into earth right here, right now. God, we bring all kinds of hurts. We bring all kinds of fear. We bring all kinds of worries into this place this morning. But God, we know that you are with us. We know that we're not fighting this battle on our own. We know that your power and your might and your strength and your presence is all around us. God, may your Holy Spirit break through this morning. May your Holy Spirit break down our walls so that we can be all that you created us to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love for us. Bless our time together this morning. And all God's people said, amen. You may have a seat. Just want to say welcome to those of you who are here for the first time. So glad you're here. Uh, students, thanks for joining us. Enjoy your time together. Uh, if you're here for the first time, make sure you fill out one of those handouts you receive on the way in. We'd love to get to know you. Uh, we've got teams you can serve on. We've got groups that you can join. It's just a, a, a wonderful family here at Spring Branch. Just want to encourage you to get connected. You can drop one of those sheets in the offering as it goes by later in the service. You can also hand it to one of our volunteers out there at the Welcome Center. You know, I've lived a lot of places in my life. I grew up in Ohio. Go Buckeyes. Uh, lived in Michigan. It actually made me a stronger fan living up in Michigan. Uh, that team up north, enemy territory. Uh, lived in California for a few years, lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for a few years. But I will tell you something, I love Virginia Beach. This place is awesome. And I would say the longer that we are here, the more I appreciate this community, the more I appreciate the ocean and the beach. Man, there's something about walking out on the beach. There's something about breathing that fresh air and feeling the wind at your face. It just, just makes you feel alive, right? Makes you feel alive. The other day, um, it was the, the day after the hurricane, quote unquote, hurricane. And uh, we, as a family, went out for a walk and, and we got to this path that led out to the bay. And this is what happened. just whipping against the camera. I mean, obviously the wind had died down at that point, but it was still pretty strong. In fact, Brett, who is born to run, he, I have a video of him running in place because the wind was so strong against him. You see the waves out there, the water was all the way up. There's something about the beach. There's something about the ocean, it's just wide open, it's raw, it's real. Feels a little risky, right? Feels a little bit dangerous going out there into the waves and feeling that wind. And There's no walls out there. How often do we put walls up in our lives? If there's no walls out 
on the beach, and there's no walls out on the ocean, why do we put up walls in the church? Why do we put up walls in our relationships? See, we're meant to live without walls. We're meant to live in relationship with God. Authentic, raw, real, out in the open relationship with God, and we're meant to live an authentic, real, honest relationship with others. But here's the deal. Are we blocking the barrier? Are we we putting up a wall that is as, as a barrier to the blessing? Are we building up walls that are blocking the blessing that God wants to give us? Now, when I say wall, I mean, you know, some, some fear that we have, maybe some, some guilt that we have, maybe some experience that we've had in life, and we start hiding behind a wall. But I believe that we are meant to live fully known and fully loved by God. We were created to be fully known and fully loved by God and fully known and loved by others. We were meant to live in authentic relationship, wide open, nothing hidden, no masks, no lies, no secrets, this wide open, honest relationship with God and with others. But the reality is, walking through these doors this morning, we all have walls that we have built up. Maybe it's something we've done, maybe something happened to us. And so, slowly but surely, we're putting up this wall. We're building this wall piece by piece We're building up this wall of security, this wall of defense, and we end up hiding behind it because we don't want to be hurt again. It's risky to put our heart out there again. And so maybe we don't share a struggle or share a challenge with with anyone again. Maybe we we hide behind out of fear, out of shame, out of guilt. We build up this wall. I did my best. (laughs) We build up this wall, so to speak, that serves as a barrier between us and others, and ultimately, more importantly, a barrier between us and God. See, we build up these walls, and we compromise the blessing that God wants to give us. And here we are kind of hiding behind the wall. I could have, been a t- I could have built a taller wall if I had more blocks, but you get the picture. It's kind of silly, right? But if we think seriously about it, we've built up these walls in our relationships. But I'm here to tell you that God has meant for us to live in relationship wide open, like you're walking out under the ocean, under the beach, raw, real relationship. Let's go back to Genesis 1. See, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Everybody say, very good. God's relationship with Adam and Eve was just real and raw and authentic. No walls. No walls of defense, no walls of shame or pride. 
It was this face-to-face, intimate, personal relationship with God, their creator. It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. That's how we're meant to live, in relationship with God, in relationship with others. Genesis 2, verse 25, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. They were exposed physically, they felt no shame. And this word naked actually means physically and mentally. It means emotionally, spiritually. They were just exposed. They were just out in the open, right? And they were unashamed. They weren't insecure about anything. They had nothing to hide. No secrets, no masks. Face to face with their creative God. Transparent, honest. They felt no shame. And God provides instructions, doesn't he? He says, this is like an ocean, guys. It's wide open. Enjoy creation, enjoy my presence. But there's one rule, one boundary that I just need to make you aware of. That tree, see it over there? There's some forbidden fruit on it. All I ask is that you don't taste of that fruit. And we know what happened next, right? Out of their rebellion, They chose to eat of the forbidden fruit. And we know that it created a wall between Adam and Eve and God. It also created a wall between Adam and Eve. At that moment, verse 7, their eyes were opened and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. Where a little bit ago they felt no shame. Wide open, authentic, real, raw relationship nothing to hide. All of a sudden, because of their rebellion, they felt shame at their nakedness. They sewed fig leaves, another barrier, together to cover themselves. So they've built up this wall between themselves and God. Out of shame, out of fear, out of guilt, out of self-doubt. I think many of us need to just pause right now in this moment and consider the wall that we have built up that is keeping us from experiencing the blessing that God wants to give us. When I was uh, married about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I had this mentality that I had to have it all together, right? To be Lindsay's husband, I had to, you know, be this super awesome spiritual hero and have it all together and but little did I know, I was building up this wall between us. And there came a time where one of my sinful patterns had kind of boiled to the surface and I had this addiction and, uh, and I ended up confessing it to Lindsay. And thankfully that wall was broken down between us. And She looked at me and I looked at her and all I saw was forgiveness. All I saw was acceptance, no judgment. She didn't look down on me. She didn't think less of me. She didn't call me names. She didn't condemn me. She just asked, Heath, why and how? How can I help you? And I love you. And from then on, we discovered an intimacy and a a level of connection that that we wouldn't have experienced if I had remain hidden behind this wall. 
You know, some of us are wounded by things that have happened to us in our past or mistakes that we've made or things that people have done towards us, but it just takes one vulnerable step, one small, simple, vulnerable step, one piece of that wall broken down at a time, and then we will discover an intimacy with God and others that is just beautiful. Verse 8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So what did they do out of their shame and fear and guilt? They hid from the Lord among the trees. So they not only uh, covered themselves with fig leaves, but they hid behind some trees like, like they were really going to hide from God, right? How silly, is, how silly is that? The Lord God called to the man, where are you? And obviously God knew exactly where they were physically, but he just threw out the question. He put the ball in their court to see what they would say. Where are you mentally? Where are you spiritually? He wanted them to experience the weight of what they had done. And Adam replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Adam and Eve hid from God just like we do. It happened, and it happens today, doesn't it? And how many of us have just, we go to church and we just, we, we might go to Bible study here and there, and, but we just feel this barrier, this wall between us and others or us and God. And what it takes is just, that, just another small, vulnerable step that says, God, God, I trust you, I trust you. Maybe it takes uh, uh, some confession towards someone else. Maybe it's your spouse or a friend or somebody in your family. Confess and to say, say, God, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't followed through on my promise. I've failed. I've rebelled against you. Forgive me. And God's the other side of that wall, and he's waiting for us. He's waiting. The question is for you and for me today, where are you? God is walking around, and he's asking you, where are you? Where are you today? Where are you? Which side of the wall are you on? On the side of the wall where you're hiding out of fear and shame and guilt and embarrassment? Or are you breaking down that wall? Are you breaking through that wall on the other side and you're enjoying just a close, intimate, personal relationship with God and with others? So here's the good news. Romans 5, verse 8, Paul says, but God, if you see those two words together in the scriptures, you, the lights in your dashboard should be going off. This is good news. But God, the ultimate superhero, swoops in at the last possible second to rescue us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, and the word there is enemies, Christ died for us. So while we were hiding behind this wall, God demonstrates his love for us in this. He died for us. And Ephesians 2:13 says, "But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, once you were on the other side of the wall because of your sin, now you've been brought near to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us." When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. That was really fun. I should have kicked it further this service than last service. 
He broke down the wall of hostility, didn't he? See, the cross is God's way of saying, no more walls. Oh, there's still a wall here. There we go. No more walls. On the cross, God put a stake in the ground. He drew a line in the sand and said, no more walls. He broke down the ultimate wall of hostility so that we can enjoy intimate, personal relationship with him and we can enjoy the same with others. When we are fully known and fully loved by God, we can be fully known and loved by others. Amen? Amen. Are we trying to build up what God has already broken down? This is what it looked like after the cross. Everybody's wall is broken down. God just flattened it with his power and his love. But you know what we do? Every day we try to build it back up, right? Something happens to us, and we build the wall back up. Build it back up. I can build the whole thing. That'll take a while. That's what we do. And it's almost like saying, God, what you did doesn't matter. See, what if, what if God has stopped his pursuit of us? What if God had been so fed up by our rebellion that he just stopped pursuing us and loving us? Aren't you glad that God and his perseverance and his steadfast love kept pursuing us ultimately to the cross? He didn't let the walls that we were building up stop him. And he still doesn't. Even though we try to build up the wall that he already broke down on the cross, he breaks through it again and again and again and again every day so that we can have this wide open, raw, real, honest, forgiving relationship with him. No more walls, no more walls. So what does life look like without walls? It looks like the ocean. <laughs> looks like walking out on the beach and feeling that wind at your face. But it looks like the early church. Somebody asked me once, if you could be alive during one point in history, Heath, what would it be? And it's, it's, it's such a pastor answer, I know. But I would say the early church. It's, you know, when the Holy Spirit broke through the temple, God's presence was, was there and you know, certain people at a certain time, only certain times of the year could go into that special place in the temple and experience God's presence. But when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And the Holy Spirit broke through the temple and invaded every square inch of this earth, including our hearts. And in the early church, Jesus is ascending into heaven, but he didn't leave us hanging out in the cold. He left us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit invaded the world, invaded the earth like a rushing wind, like walking out onto the beach. Holy Spirit came down and flooded our hearts and people started hearing the gospel. They started hearing the good news and they received Jesus into their hearts and they got baptized. It was just this on fire revival like we sang earlier. And the Holy Spirit was breaking down walls. Just an exciting time to be a follower of Jesus. The early church, the Holy Spirit was moving. You see, when we live a life with no walls, we will experience a love with no limits. That's the blessing. When we live a life with no walls, we'll get to experience a love, an extravagant, deep, wide, never stopping, never giving up, always and forever kind of love. But as long as we're hiding behind that wall, we won't get to experience that limitless, boundless love of Jesus. But in that time in the early church, the Holy Spirit was just moving. 
Holy Spirit, God's presence was moving. And this is what we see happening. We see people coming together in unity. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. It wasn't this solo act, right? It wasn't this individualistic, I can do this kind of a movement. It was, uh, man, let's, let's huddle up together. We are better together. It was this communal initiative, this communal revolution where people got together in circles and small groups and large groups, they gathered together and they read God's word. That's what the apostles teaching me, the top apostles teaching is the good news, the gospel. And I'll just say this, every Sunday morning, whether it's in kids ministry, student ministry, right here in this room, we will continue to share the gospel. We'll, we'll continue to bring it back to Jesus. Even I'm preaching a message on Leviticus, we'll bring it back to Jesus somehow. That will be a, a central theme. That will be our linchpin, our cornerstone as a church, Spring Branch, for years to come. It'll be about Jesus and the power of the gospel. So people devoted themselves. They devoted themselves, regardless of resistance, regardless of challenges, regardless of busy lives. How many of you have answered the question, hey, how's it going, how's life? And, and your answer was, man, it's busy. <laughs> I can relate to that. It's a busy life. But you've got to make community a priority. You've got to make it a priority. We are better together. It takes a village, amen? All the believers devoted themselves. This word devoted is just being committed no matter the challenge, no matter the resistance. It's this perfect tense, this ongoing, it's regular, it's intentional. It's a lifestyle, not an activity. If you, if, if you think you signed up, as a Christian to just uh, have a weekly activity, then you've got it all wrong. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It's not just checking the box once a week. It's a lifestyle. It's every day, all day, 24 seven, loving others and serving others and worshiping God. It's in your car, on the way to work, on your way home. It's before every meal, it's between meals, you can pray by the way. <laughs> It's a, it's a lifestyle, not an activity, loving others and worshiping God. So there's four ingredients to, to community. There's four ingredients to just authentic, real, raw relationship with God and others. First, it's apostles' teaching, which is God's word. It's the gospel. Second, it's fellowship. We'll get to that in a second. Third, it's sharing in meals. Can I get an amen? You can't have community without some food, Right? You can have community with a couple burgers, some fries, some hot dogs, some salad. You gotta have food. There's something intimate about enjoying food together, right? It creates that connection. And the fourth ingredient, if you put them all in a bowl and mix them all up, you got apostles teaching, fellowship, sharing in meals, and prayer, praying together. It's one of the most intimate things you can do with another person or as a group, prayer. And we will continue to make that a pillar of our community as Spring Branch, coming together in prayer. We've got a worship and prayer night coming up October 6th, uh, 6 to 7. You should join us right in here for that. I want to focus on one of those ingredients in particular. It's fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Koinonia is, is the Greek term. Koinonia, it's a fun word to say. Koinonia, it's community. It's love in action. Love in action. 
It's living out what God has done for us. Jesus says, as I have loved you, you must love others. It's a command. Our lives should be one big, huge response to what God has done for us. Love in action. Community, koinonia. Let's read about it. Verse 44, all the believers met together, just like what we're doing right now. They met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They met together, they shared everything. They sold their property and shared their money. How beautiful is that? These people coming together and helping those in need. You know, last week, Michael stood up here and he shared his heart for Togo and just all the exciting things that God is doing over there in Africa. In fact, he's there right now. He talked about the water that we're, being, we're able to provide people there. And um, he also talked about these orphans. And get this, because of your faithfulness, 102 orphans in Togo, Africa, will have a sponsor. They'll have food, they'll have, they'll have education. Last week, we had a line of people in the lobby sign up to be family for these orphans, these young kids, young boys, and young girls who needed family in Africa. And uh, uh, you guys all took pictures of yourselves. It's a cool kind of reverse adoption thing where these kids will actually see a lineup of, uh, of many of you, and they'll get to pick which family they'd like to be a part of. How awesome is that? But 102 orphans, because of your faithfulness, because you didn't hide behind your wall, 102 orphans will have a family. They'll have support and care in the years to come. That's community. That's love in action. You see, your, yes, thank you. See, your need is my gift. My need is your gift. Does that make sense? So if I'm hiding behind this wall and I'm not expressing to you my need, then I'm not going to receive the gift that you might want to give me. You might have something for me, but I'm afraid. I'm full of shame. I'm full of fear and insecurity. And for some reason, I'm not admitting to you or confessing to you what I need. But that blessing is on the other side of that barrier. See, my gift might be what you need, and your gift might be what I need. That's community. Let's keep reading. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day. It was a large corporate worship experience, just like what we're doing right now. Just want to encourage you to be consistent. Be consistent coming to church each Sunday. There's something about coming together and sitting in these rows and just worshiping together, raising our hands and singing out to God together. It's empowering, isn't it? To remember that you're not alone in your, in, in your journey. They worshiped together at the temple each day, but they also met in homes. They also have met in homes. So large church, big church, but don't get lost in the crowd. Get into a small group, get into that circle, go from a row to a circle. Get into a circle of people that can encourage you and, and challenge you and pray with you. Get into a circle, get into a small group. It's something about meeting in a small group in a home with some food. It's just intimate. It's life-changing. 
It's changed my life. Lindsay and I have been in a small group for years. We're in one right now on Sunday nights. It's amazing. But, you know, during the course of our journey, we've gone through some really difficult times. We had miscarriages, a number of miscarriages. I've shared that before. But we had our small group. In the midst of that storm, they came alongside of us. They prayed with us. They dropped off meals. They watched our kids. They would go on dates. It was just an amazing, just family, koinonia, no walls kind of an experience. Little heaven on earth. When we live a life with no walls, we will experience a, a love with no limits. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the will, the goodwill of all the people. And get this, this is you think it couldn't get better. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And I'm excited during the course of our time together, we will give each of you an opportunity to Surrender your life to Jesus, maybe for the second time or third time, maybe some for the first time. But we're, we're in the business here at Spring Branch of seeing people discover and taste eternity. We want to see salvation. We want to see people go from death to life, from death to, to, to hearing, from blind to seeing. We want to see life transformation here. We want to see these seats filled up. We want to see the parking spaces filled up. We want to see each, each and every chair filled up, not for numbers' sake. Numbers are, aren't everything, but there's something. Guy wrote a book called Numbers. He must care about it. We want to see as many people as possible discover a boundless, limitless love of Jesus. We want to see people be saved, see people experience the presence of Jesus. Go invite people. You have relationships with people out in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Go invite people to come and experience the love of Jesus in this place. No more walls. Real, authentic community. I love this picture of the early church and community. They, they didn't hold anything back. Eternity came crashing into earth. You know, a few, a few months ago, there was a, a woman from a small group here at Spring Branch, and she came up to me and she said, Heath, we have a car that we don't need anymore. I was like, okay, cool. And she said, if you know of anybody in the Spring Branch family who needs a car, maybe they've come on tough times, just let them know that there's a car available. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So I said, okay. And then a couple weeks later, sure enough, somebody within our community chose not to hide behind the wall they stepped the other side of their wall and made their need known, and boom, all of a sudden, God met that need with a car. Yeah, how awesome is that? A few weeks ago, uh, I was sitting in my own small group, and there was a couple that came, uh, a husband and wife, and they had just moved into the area, and they were struggling to find a mattress. A mattress, a simple thing in life that we take for granted. Uh, they couldn't find one that met their budget. And so another couple in our small group, this woman, she actually works at a mattress store. Coincidence? I don't think so. And she said, tomorrow, meet me at my mattress store. I've got a mattress for you. And it was free 
this, this couple, they drove away with a mattress the day after expressing their need in community. Beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Uh, there's a young man here at Spring Branch who recently had some health challenges and he found himself in the hospital and the medical bill started piling up, piling up, piling up. And he and his wife expressed their need. They might have had to swallow their pride a little bit, break down their wall a little bit. They stepped out in courage. They expressed their need in community. And get this, over five, $6,000 were raised so they could pay their medical bills. That's love in action. That's the church in action. There was a young woman last week in her small group, and she typically is kind of, she keeps her challenges close to her chest, maybe out of pride. But just this last week, she took a step of courage, and she said, I've got a very serious doctor's appointment this week. I'm kind of stressed about it. I need your encouragement. I need your prayers. And so they all prayed together, and she stepped into that appointment with courage and the faith of her community around her. Just amazing. What can happen in community? The word encouragement is putting courage into somebody else. Maybe it's not a mattress. Maybe it's not medical bills that are paid for. Maybe it's just encouragement. Maybe somebody else's courage, somebody else's faith can be planted inside of us. We need each other, don't we? Maybe there's a hill that's just too steep for us to climb alone, and so we need community. We need the power of people with us, carrying us. And we can do things with others that we can't do by ourselves. Amen? I want to be a church with no walls. I want to be a church where nobody walks alone. Because you don't know what's around the corner, by the way. I mean, how many of you have had storms in your life, curveballs, just came out of nowhere? But you know what is constant? It is the presence of God, and it is the presence of relationships. It's those people that you just invest in, that invest in you over time. And then when that storm happens, you got some people, you got a circle of people that can just cry with you and pray with you and help you. That's koinonia, that's community, that's a life with no walls. Pure, authentic, naked, so to speak, and unashamed. Last week I had the chance to go around the patio and interview some people who were in small groups. Check us out. I'm here with my friend Sean. What's up, Sean? Uh, not too much. How you Good to see you, buddy. You too. Sean, tell us what small group has meant to you over this last year. Well, I mean, just getting to know people in the church and um, developing a relationship, having people that you know. We can go out to lunch and uh, have some conversation and have people there for you. It's just uh, another little community inside the church, and it's great. It's been great for us, for me and my wife both. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is Heath here with my friend Chris. What's up, Chris? Not much. Good to see you, man. I love that shirt. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tell me about small group. Um, I, I'm in your small group, and it's been really fun getting to know you and Stacy and your family. Tell me why you're in small group and just uh, how it's impacted you in your life. Yeah, uh, for us, it was an opportunity to kind of take our experience here at Spring Branch to the next level and really kind of get engaged on a on more kind of small level and really start to build some relationships. I'm here with my friend John. How are you, John? Doing well. How are you, Heath? Doing well. Good to see you. Tell us what uh, small group means to you. I know you've been in a men's group. What's your experience been like? 
Uh, it's been awesome, and uh, it's given me a chance to connect with other other brothers, other followers of Christ, and just uh, learn from them, share what we got going on in our home, and just uh, you know, just bonding, building that uh, that fellowship, that relationship with other men. That's awesome. That's all good stuff. Hey, Natalie, what's up? Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Tell us about small group. What it means to you? Um, for me, it means community because we don't have family that lives around here. So our small group and the church is our family. So we love it. Um, tell us one thing you've learned uh, about God and the importance of following Him in your life through small group. Well, first of all, it was way outside my comfort zone, and um, there's no growth in comfort, and there's no comfort in growth. So you got to kind of branch out, and uh, it's tough uh, at first, but and, you know, the longer you do it, the easier it gets. Oh, man, I, I'm gonna tweet that. Tweet it up. Just jumped into a couples group too. Yes, we have. That's great. Tell us about the, just how important it is to study you guys' word and be in community you know, with your spouse. Uh, it just helps reinforce things, uh, build that relationship, the, you know, relationship in the home, and then realizing that we're not the only ones struggling with the different things we've got going on, and you know, helping helping other couples out as well. That's great. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate sharing. <laughs> As you can see, that, 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 mic, that mic served no purpose other than just effect. <laughs> we were getting no sound from that mic. Uh, it was just fun putting it in people's faces. Uh, thanks to those of you who shared. John, this, uh, the last interviewee, he's in a small group on Wednesday nights. They meet in the bistro. This is a great uh, place for men uh, to just have fellowship, koinonia with each other. Just encourage you to consider jumping into that men's group. It's actually during the Awana time on Wednesday nights as well as the Edge in uh, a middle school group. So we've got groups that meet throughout the week, women's groups, men's groups, couples groups, all different ages and stages of life, young adult groups. Just want to challenge you to step out of the row. Anybody can live in a row, uh, but jump into a circle and surround yourself with people who can love you and support you uh, along your journey. Uh, actually, out in the lobby, you'll find Jim and Mike and Jen and a few others. They would love to answer any questions you have about small group. Uh, we've got all kinds of groups, like I said, to meet throughout the week uh, for you to be a part of. Here's, here's a challenge this morning. Take one vulnerable step. Maybe it's signing up for a small group. Maybe it's contacting one of your friends and having lunch with them, coffee with them, and just saying, you know what? This has been a struggle. I've been struggling with this, fill in the blank. And just have an honest, candid, wide open kind of moment with them. You might say, you know, Heath, you don't know what I've been through. <laughs> You don't know what I've been through, and I've been hurt in the past when I've opened up my heart, and it's just, it just feels risky. You're right, it does. But you know what? I'd rather go through my life risking that. Love is about risk. It's about opening up your heart. God risked everything, didn't he? He risked everything. He opened up his heart. He opened up his arms to us on the cross. He didn't know if we were going to receive him or reject him. He laid it all on the line. May we do the same. May we live in wide open relationship, fully known and fully loved by others because the other side of that wall may be a blessing that God wants to give us. Um, this is a time in our service where I just wanna encourage you to, to give. Um, we're gonna take an offering and I just wanna be honest with you. No walls, right? I wanna be honest with you. As a church, we have some financial challenges. 
Every week we have expenses uh, to pay for our staff, to pay for this beautiful facility, this incredible location that we have here on Great Neck Road. Uh, we want to fund the ministry that is reaching the next generation, kids and students. Uh, we also want to be generous to our community and those in need. And, you know, to be honest, every week we're kind of scraping by. And that's, that's pretty vulnerable for me to say, right? Pretty transparent, but that's the reality. Uh, we, we need your help. We need your help financially. Uh, and guess what? When you give financially, you are a part of something. <laughs> You're a part of something bigger. You're part of a mission. You're part of heaven crashing into earth. You're part of young people discovering relationship with Jesus. You're part of uh, the, the gospel, the good news moving forward in this place and in the community. So take this time to consider the gift that you can give. Um, there'll, be, there'll be a giving slide up there. I think you can give through your mobile device and online as well. Um, let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you that you gave. The gospel is all about generosity. You gave generously to us through Jesus. And once and for all, you said, no more walls. And your Holy Spirit broke down our walls. Your Holy Spirit invaded our hearts. And God, we choose right here and right now to surrender our lives to you. And we hold nothing back. It would be honest and candid and open about our struggles, about our needs. And God, may we experience koinonia community. May we experience the beauty of living life together. God, thank you for who you are and your love for us. Take these gifts and use them for your glory and for, for others' good. Amen. God, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for breaking down the ultimate wall that separated us from you. May we live a life with no walls. May we live a life in 
relationship with others. God, thank you that we are better together. Empower us with your spirit this week to go and be love in action. And all God's people said, amen. I want to present one more need to you this morning. I got this message from Scott Hamilton. He's been a member here at Spring Branch for a long time. He actually works for Young Life, this ministry to young people, and he oversees the Caribbean. The Caribbean. Sounds like a good place to be. Uh, But right now, uh, they're experiencing challenges, particularly in the Bahamas due to the hurricane. And he sent me this message. He said, uh, please take a special offering for Bahama Relief. Uh, Additional donations would be great, including portable, uh, they need donations for portable solar lanterns, solar phone chargers, headlamps, personal water filters, antibacterial wipes, hand sanitizers, battery-powered fans and batteries, tire patch kits. I mean, you hear this list of things, and and they are in dire need of just simple, simple items for survival. Um, So he says, "As as you can imagine, without access to clean water and electricity, conditions are primitive and will remain so for many more months. So he asked us as a church community to uh, help meet that need. So on your way out, if you've got a buck or two, a couple bucks left over, um, please please consider dropping it in, in one of the baskets. The ushers will be at the doors on the way out. Uh, thank you for doing that. You can also uh, give online. Uh, you can write a check as well. Uh, out in the lobby, don't forget to go meet some of our small group leaders. Uh, go ask questions about small groups and sign up for one. Uh, we also have prayer up here in the front. We'd love to pray with you. We'll see you next week. God bless you.